in the wide, wide world of sports is going on in Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Austin, Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn, 104.9 AM 1260 and hornfm.com. With the Longhorns play and Austin Talks Sports. it up that's your wednesday on bna get you up over the hump into your memorial day weekend you make it today through the weekend you're officially or i guess unofficially into summertime we'll get you there celtics not dead yet in the nba playoffs dallas stars and hockey might be good night nurse also a night in major league baseball and it's a uh, it's a good day for baseball if you like afternoon baseball got the longhorns playing at 12 30 today and you've got the uh, rangers and astros playing um, business fan specials on getaway day. So we'll preview that coming up and uh, talking all things Cowboys. Yeah, we got to, I'll be getting to the Cowboys walk to Dallas conversation. We're talking about the Cowboys. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. we're, we're talking about the, if you're driving up to Dallas today or Arlington to go to the baseball, uh, big 12 baseball tournament. We're talking about how the traffic is uh, and the construction on 35 is as minimal as we, we can remember it being. So it's a pretty easy trip up there, even if it's raining. But, uh, yeah, that got us on the walk. To, somebody reminded me that it'll be good for you to walk to Dallas. But uh, this guy says it's two days and 22 hours of walking. He Googled it to Arlington. Two days, 22 Makes hours. Makes sense, yeah. Somebody said e, you'd have to do it nonstop. Well, no, no, no. Don't, don't you start putting, like, your Yeah, no your stipulations. You need to do what you need to do to get there. If, if they win the Super Bowl, I will fulfill the promise. So it's now, a it might take walk. me a while. We'll be, we'll be remoting up there. Oh yeah, we'll make it into a big deal. Ty said he'd walk with me. I'm the guy with the megaphone in front of the <laughs> rowing boats telling you how you need to pick Sitting up the in the back pay. of the pickup truck yelling at me. Yeah, pick, it up, pick, pick it up, pick it up, Hogan. Put them up and put them up and uh, yeah. put them down. Let's go, let's go. Uh yeah, I would take my time. I would take my time. But uh you know, that would be good. I would like to see the Cowboys win the Super Bowl. I really would. It's been a while. It has been a while. But we there is hope. <laughs> There's always hope. Yeah. There's always next year, as they always say. But uh, the Cowboys, yeah, pl- six best odds to win that Super Bowl at plus 1,400 is where the Dallas Cowboys currently are uh, behind the Chiefs, Eagles, Bills, Niners, and Bengals. How many teams do you see in that, that top echelon right there, Ian, in that top ten that can move in front of the Cowboys when you go from Teams behind, right behind them that could be yeah. better than them? The Jets yeah. could be if Aaron okay. Rodgers is really good. What about the Dolphins? Dolphins could be. What about the Chargers? Well, look, I mean, the, the the luxury the Cowboys have is that they play in the right conference right now. I mean, that's, you know, in the AFC, you know, it is, they're, they're going to be really, really good teams, talented teams, mm-hmm. Hall of Fame quarterbacks that won't make the playoffs this year because there's only, what, seven spots. So, uh, and there's just so many good teams in that conference. Whereas in the NFC, it's Philadelphia as the team you have to beat, uh, and they're on your own division. But their uh, division alone, everybody played, right? Yeah, but except the, for the, the entirety for the, of the conference, though. Except for Washington, I mean, you, it, it's an easier road to the Super Bowl through the NFC. That's fair to say. And look, it's the NFL. If Jalen Hurts gets hurt or something, then all of a sudden it opens even wider. I'm not wishing any injuries on anybody, but you know, the the AFC is just so loaded with, and obviously they've got the best the reigning champs, and until proven otherwise, the Chiefs are you know the new New England Patriots. That there's it's their conference until you t- come take it from them. Uh, they've been in three of the last five Super Bowls, and in the game, the, the times they didn't make the Super Bowl, they were in the AFC Championship game. So it's 
You know, and the Bengals beat him in Arrowhead, and Tom Brady, uh, you know, didn't didn't beat him. Remember Tom Brady in that overtime game, um, you know, was able to beat him. Those are the oh, think about that. They've been at the to the AFC Championship game five straight years, right? They've gotten went to the Super Bowl three times. Tom Brady in that unbelievable comeback beat him in overtime, and then Joe Burrow and yep. the Bengals came from behind and beat him and beat him in overtime. To, or else they'd be in five straight Super Bowls in, in Kansas City. That's what Patrick Mahomes is all about, and that's what you have to beat. In the NFC, it's the Eagles. And I think they're, you know, as much as people are high on the Eagles, and I would be one of them, you know, it's, it's every year's different. And can Jalen Hurts follow up what he did last year and build on it? Nick Sirianni's lost both of his coordinators. They lost some guys on defense. Uh, it's just another year. And we know in San Francisco that there are plenty of questions at quarterback. Uh, Kyle Shanahan's got a loaded team. But, uh, you know, if you're the Cowboys, you feel like you're in a pretty good spot. With Aaron Rodgers moving out of the conference, Tom Brady retiring, uh, it's it's completely wide open. I mean, the best quarterbacks in your conference are Jalen Hurts, Jared Goff, Matt Stafford, and his potential, well, what's he going to be with the Rams? A lot of people think the Rams are going to be in that conversation to tank this year to try to get to Caleb Williams Yep, in L.A. Obviously, the Cardinals are in that conversation, too. The Tampa Bay Bucks are in that conversation. So I think the Cowboys are they're where you want to be, and it's a time where it's wide open. Can Dak Prescott, Mike McCarthy, and the Cowboys, you know, push through it? Now, to fulfill my promise, they'd still have to go win the Super Bowl, right? So just to get out of the NFC to get to Vegas, they'd then have to beat Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or Joe Burrow, whoever it is in that Super Bowl from the from the AFC. So, uh, you know, not that we're waiting on football, counting down days to football, but we kind of are. The Longhorn football season starts in 100 days from today. Pretty pretty nice round number, 100 days. Rice Owls in town will be. Uh, down on Bebo Boulevard, getting ready for it. Let's count. Uh, let's get to the other headlines, though. Trending topics to start your Wednesday morning. UBO Business Services brings it to you. Longhorn Baseball starts us off, and congratulations to Longhorn left-handed pitcher Lucas Gordon. Yesterday, named the Pitcher of the Year in the Big 12 Conference. And why not? The conference announced their postseason honors yesterday in advance of the tournament. Texas's Friday starter has been rock solid all year long. He won of eight Longhorns to earn all-conference honors, including five on the first team. Gordon and LeBaron Johnson Jr. made it on the pitching staff. Catcher Garrett Gilmette uh, and the outfield duo of Porter Brown and Dylan Campbell, also first-team selections. Peyton Powell named to the second team as an infielder. Eric Kennedy, honorable mention as an outfielder. And first baseman Jared Thomas, who's been so red-hot of late, was named to the all-freshman team and made honorable mention. West Virginia's Randy Mazie was named the conference's coach of the year. His second baseman, J.J. Weatherholt, named the conference's player of the year. Uh, Longhorns will begin play today, 12:30 in Arlington, taking on the Kansas Jayhawks, one seed versus the eight. 12:15 pregame here on the Horn. In college hoops, official word now from Texas basketball that the program has released top prospect Ron Holland from his national letter of intent. Five-star small forward from Duncanville signed with Texas as part of that 2023 recruiting class, but announced his intention to reopen that recruitment in late April. CBS Sports is reporting that Holland plans to visit the NBA's G League Ignite program in Vegas this week. Uh, and maybe that's his direction. NBA playoffs, quite a turnaround for the Boston Celtics last night on South Beach. They were down, of course, the Celtics down 3-0 in the series. They were down 9 in the third quarter to the homestanding Heat. And then they, Boston woke up and rallied and outscored Miami 48-22 to over the next 14 minutes of that game. And they turned the, 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 the game and win it 116-99, maybe turn the series as they head back to Boston on Thursday night. Jason Tatum led the way with 34 points and 11 rebounds. NHL Stanley Cup playoffs, not a good night at all for the Dallas Stars. They're now in a heck of a hole. They lost to Vegas on home ice three, uh, 4 nothing last night in Game 3 of that Western Conference final semifinal series. Major League Baseball, Ranger right-hander and emerging ace Nathan Eovaldi. You know, Ranger bullpen has been a problem. Well, Nathan Eovaldi just stays out of the bullpen. His second complete game in his last five starts. 
And he limited the Pirates to six hits. Rangers win that game 6-1. to one. The former Texas Tech Red Raider and Rookie of the Year candidate Josh Young belted his 11th home run. And Milwaukee Brewers blanked the Astros in the second game of that series, 6-0. Colin Ray and four relievers combined on a five-hitter. Be a packed house tonight at Q2 Stadium. Austin FC hitting the pitch for the third time or sixth time already this month. It's a round of 16 match against the Chicago Fire in the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup. That starts at 8 o'clock tonight. And congratulations to the Westlake boys golf team. They claimed their sixth consecutive state title yesterday at Legacy Hills in Georgetown. Lake Travis finished second. This segment brought to you by UBO Business Services. Great people, great service, endless possibilities. That's UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. Okay, so uh, the safe to say the Central Texans can play some golf. How about that? The women's uh, the oh, girls yeah. side went to Vandergriff last week. Uh, the 6A state championship, the Vandergriff ladies, and then Westlake wins it for a sixth straight year. Lake Travis finished second. Lake Travis had the best day yesterday. They nearly... And they made up a lot of spots. They started eighth yesterday and finished second overall in the team competition. So in our flex segment, congratulations to those young folks. And as we said, the super sophomore, Adam Villanueva. This is a name to file away. Um, he's a sophomore who won the state championship on an individual level, 66-66 on the two days at Legacy Hills. That's pretty good. That's a tough golf course, no matter your age. Man, and, uh, sophomore. Yeah. Wins it at 12-under, going away. Wow. Pretty awesome. That's a good-looking young golfer right there. And as uh, Ty said yesterday, Westlake, his alma mater, Colin, Colin Noakes, the coach, is moving into a new role as the athletic director there. He's been the athletic director, but he's just solely going to be the athletic okay. director. Yeah, he's not going to coach any longer. He's just going to be athletic yeah, I think uh, at the beginning of the year when I was at some of the Westlake football games, I was talking with him and one of their assistant coaches who I went to school with, who's a year younger than me, and I think he might be taking over part of that role from what I understood. I, things might have changed since then. But okay. A new young coach. New young coach. Well, that's a great segue right into our coach's corner. Brought to you by Audiovisual Consultations online at avconsultations.com. Audiovisual Consultations and Tom McKay, the really smart guys who never make you feel stupid. Uh, all right, here's an interesting text. I don't know what you keep seeing in the AFC behind Mahomes. Those quarterbacks you're referring to haven't won anything except for Aaron Rodgers. Because of Mahomes. Well, Mahomes is the standard bearer, but Josh Allen's an MVP candidate each, week, each year. Joe Burrow had his team in the Super Bowl. One year ago, and is an emerging star in this league. Are you? Is he saying that Joe Burrow's no good? I mean, not. I mean, between him and Josh Allen, there's nothing wrong with those two guys. You'd have them any day. Well, this guy's talking about rings, and oh, but well. but if you if you remove Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes, from, yeah, what are you going to do? Who actually has rings? Someone's got to win the ring. But if, yeah, if you're talking about performance, MVPs, Hall of Fame, what they do in the regular season, AFC's loaded. AFC's loaded with quarterbacks. Russell Wilson's won a Super Bowl and been to two. Did he play good last year? No, but he's still in the AFC. Justin Herbert, emerging star. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, number one overall pick and one of the highest rated prospects coming into the league, now getting his footing, and he's an emerging star. I mean, gosh, um, the entire AFC East with Aaron Rodgers, Tua Tungavailoa, and uh, Josh Allen are great quarterbacks. You would, I mean, are you arguing that you'd rather be in the AFC than the NFC right now? And if you're trying to make the Super Bowl, I think that would be a silly argument. The NFC is much wider, much open, oh, yeah. much wider for a team like the Dallas Cowboys or anybody in that conference than the AFC. But, uh, I mean, I count eight to ten really, really, really top end quarterbacks in that conference right now. Yeah, we know only one can win, but my goodness, Patrick Mahomes in that. Well, here comes the Josh Allen hasn't won anything. No, he has yeah. not. But um, it's just Mahomes. Okay. Well, then that's your perspective. That's wrong. 
A lot of really top-end quarterbacks. I mean, rank the quarterbacks and then tell me there's only one good quarterback in the conference. Yes, the best plays in Kansas City. So we just talked about these, you know, a couple of overtime losses at home from being in five consecutive Super Bowls. Um, yes, that's that's where the, the conference goes through uh, every single year, without a doubt. Yeah, you have to go through those quarterbacks. Yeah, but the best quarterbacks in the league are playing in the AFC right now. Oh, hell yeah, yeah we forgot about Lamar debatable. Jackson, yeah. Well, I mean, that, that, that's not Once a again, silly debate. Uh, silly conversation to be bogged down in. Hey, can we hear from David Pierce from yesterday in our coach's corner? Uh, we, we knew that the all-conference teams were coming out when we talked to Coach Pierce yesterday morning, but didn't come out until later in the afternoon, so we couldn't get his thoughts on it. But we did talk to uh, David Pierce about his team and them coming together. Uh, you know, Coach Pierce was really proud of his ball club because, as he said to us yesterday, you know, there have been times this year where they pitched really well. There were times when they hit really well, and they played defense at a high level all year long after some early struggles defensively. But he said the West Virginia series was just finally they put it all together. Uh, and the players played with a chip on their shoulder. They played with great great uh, um, mental focus, uh, every at-bat, every pitch. I mean, they were really locked in, and they showed what they can be. They showed they have a very high ceiling. And as he said, what they did with West Virginia, Buck, is the new bar for this team. This is now the expectation right. of how you – you know, take every at bat and uh, you know pitch every inning and get after it. And this team can can play with anybody in the country if they play like that as they mowed right through West Virginia. David Pierce, though, this is what, what do we have today on LeBaron Johnson Jr. How about this guy? First team All Big Twelve. When he started the year, was he going to be a bullpen guy? Was he going to be a starter? He started as a Tuesday starter because they wanted to stretch him out. And obviously by Big Twelve play, he had settled in as the number two pitcher on this team. He's first team right behind Lucas Gordon. Uh, seven and two on the year. His coach Pierce talking about LBJ and his progress as a uh, talented but uh, raw prospect. LeBaron Johnson is one of the most success stories you could just. He's got a big arm, but this young man didn't know much about pitching when he got here. Uh, but he 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 knows a whole lot about working hard and paying attention and listening and trying to repeat what he's taught and. He's got a pitch right now. It's a down angle fastball that a slider feeds off of that. It just, you don't see that type of pitch. Things are horizontal movement side to side. And then most guys that pitch vertical pitch at the top of the zone. And he's one of those guys that gets swings over the top of his fastball and his sliders in the zone so long. And we were actually in the bullpen yesterday and a bullpen catcher said, you know, the, the best pitch on the team is LeBaron Johnson's split finger. And he goes, but he doesn't trust it. And we're like, yeah. And his, and the the next two best pitches on the team are his fastball and his slider. <laughs> <laughs> He's got great stuff. And so just getting it going in the right direction and, and doing what he's doing right now is just so much fun. And you talk about rewarding when you do this for a living and you see a guy like LeBaron and his development, where he is right now, so cool. So cool for him and, and our team. All right, there it is, uh, LeBaron Johnson, Jr. Uh, you know, didn't know a lot about pitching, and now he does. Woody Williams, I remember in one of our early conversations with uh, Coach Pierce learning this team, he said uh, Woody Williams and LeBaron already have a really good relationship and uh, he's soaking it up like a sponge. And this is a guy, Buck, that will be a high draft pick uh, when he gets that opportunity. I mean, he is a really talented pitcher. Uh, as he just said, those you know that stuff plays when you're. He's already intimidating enough on top yeah, of the mound. He's an intimidating presence on the mound yeah. with his height, uh, but then he's you know throwing in mid nineties. He's got that splitter, 
And he, he, you know, he just mentioned that that split finger fastball. If he gets to where he really trusts that, because you know, if you throw a split finger buck and you you don't it, you don't you know, you're not you don't, if you don't trust it and you don't commit to it, it can hang right. It's one of those balls that if it doesn't bite like it's supposed to, sits right out in the middle. It'll just it? sit. It's like a hanging changeup. It's just going to sit right over the middle of the plate if it doesn't drop off the table like it's supposed to, which can be dangerous, especially if you can throw mid nineties and and blow people away and then come with your other stuff that you trust more. But as he continues to develop that pitch, you know he's a guy that's going to be a, a well thought of prospect for the big leagues. Uh, let's hear Coach Pierce talk about Dylan Campbell too. You know, last year all year long we we followed the the uh, historic run of Ivan Melendez and all the things he did. You know, having one of the greatest offensive seasons in program history. Dylan Campbell, you know, this year with a 33 game hitting streak, longest ever in the program. And when you start doing that in Texas baseball. You're having one heck of a year, but Coach Pierce says, "Don't uh, don't just think of him as a hitter. This is one of the best all-around players in all of college baseball." He's been just so considerate, and in so many ways, he's just such a package of a great outfielder that can throw, uh, runs balls down, and just steals bags. And then most of those types of guys don't hit with power, and he does that as well. But and he's just been tremendous, tremendous around this young group and new group, and it's been fun to. Just watch his develop, development and then those guys around him. It's interesting how this team has come together, Buck, with um, you know the move of putting Peyton Powell at third base was a big move, right? It started with Jalen Flores, the freshman, uh, playing there with Jared Thomas at, at, fir- at first base. But Peyton Powell, who came in as a catcher, uh, made the move to third base, and he's played a pretty pretty good brand defensively mm-hmm. of third base and taken to that, but they put him in the two-hole. He's such a great hitter to be behind Jared Thomas and then ahead of Dylan Campbell. And as we talked about with Coach Pierce yesterday, the ability to be balanced in the lineup, right? They've got the two lefties to start it. Then it's two righties with Dylan Campbell and Garrett Gilmet. They go back with two lefties with Porter Brown and Eric Kennedy. And then, you know, they can mix and match at the end. The other thing about those left-handed hitters, the Longhorns lefties have great splits against left-handed pitching. So they're hard to match up with late in the late in games. You know, you know those guys can hit left-handers. And uh, so a, a manager can't, you know, bring in a left-handed arm and just all of a sudden get get people out. That is a, a tough lineup to face. And as we said all year, if the if the bullpen comes along and they get those final six, eight outs of a ball game under control, this team, as we saw this past weekend, can be play with anybody in the country. And that's what they have to go prove. They'll be in Arlington today. Uh, also, congratulations to the other six players that made all Big 12. Lucas Gordon, Big 12 Pitcher of the Year. i got to look this up, and I'll do it here in the timeout. Uh, how many Longhorn pitchers have been honored as Big 12's Pitcher of the Year? Texas sports will have that for us coming up, but uh, I'll let you know that on the other side. But uh, this team, best baseball maybe ahead of it. And it's been kind of a rocky road at times, Buck, but uh, you know. Oh, it's an coach. all-around team. Yeah. they don't. The bullpen is their biggest weakness. And if that gets shorn up and those guys are going to, you know, Coach Pierce did tell us going into that final weekend with West Virginia that we're going to, the numbers are the numbers, you know. We, there are guys we think have great stuff that could be reliable, but sometimes They're they haven't been. are not going to mess with it now. We're just going with the guys that are getting people out. Sure. You know, Heston Toll and Ace Whitehead. Ace Whitehead, the local product, has emerged a guy that they really trust. He's a bulldog on the mound. Ace Whitehead has had some Houston Street in him, in my mind, where he can just— oh, This isn't about giving chances now. This is about winning another championship. Well, throwing strikes, pitching to contact, pitching aggressively, ahead in counts, and letting your defense go to work. Those are going to be the guys you see, um, you know— Gosh, even a guy like Charlie Hurley, the big man, he came in and closed out the game against West Virginia. Uh, the final game when it was 7-3, to he came in to get the, the final couple outs there. So they've got, you know, now that Tanner Witt has emerged as the starter on Saturday in Game 3, uh, they can mix and match more in their bullpen. And that's another big, big factor for this team is the emergence of Tanner Witt, who, you know, if he went 45 pitches this past start, 
you probably could see him up to 60, 65 pitches if things go well uh, when he gets a start here in the Big 12 tournament. So a lot to like about Texas baseball. Today, 12.30, 12.15, pregame. We'll come back and uh, pick up these conversations. The ESPN FPI, Football Power Index, has come out with his computer uh, simulations. How many games will the Longhorns win in 2023? We've got that for you coming next. It's Bucky and Aaron. b and on a Wednesday. Still uh, residual wet streets from the overnight rains. Be careful out there. Rain chances will diminish as the day goes on, which is a good thing. Got a nice overnight thunder boomer and a uh, pretty, uh, pretty good amount of rain coming down. But uh, you don't have to deal with it on the roads for the most part. Hey, we've got uh, the, the answer to the question I asked. The uh, Lucas Gordon is the second Longhorn in the last three years to be named the Big 12 Pitcher of the Year. I believe Ty Madden uh, won that award as well um, a couple of years ago, last year. And then he's the eighth overall, eighth overall for the Longhorns to be a Big 12 Pitcher of the Year. Um, but a lot Did of good Pete Hansen not win it? Uh, was it Pete Hansen or Ty Madden? Who I think won Pete it? Hansen won it last year. Yeah, and and boy, did uh, Coach Pierce gush about Lucas and his his emergence and his um, you know he just soaking up, being you know, of absorbing, learning from from Pete from Ty Madden and the way he went about his business and and Pete Hansen before him to assume that Friday starter role and it's been so good. LBJ's been great, and then um, you know if you heard Lucas Gordon talking about. You know, in the, in the post-game celebration on the field at Dishfalk Field Saturday uh, when they were raising the trophy, that he was asked about Tanner Witt, and he got pretty emotional because he and Tanner have known each other since they were 14 years Play, old. Played against each other? Played with each other on Team Play USA. Oh. Uh, the junior, yeah, the amateur Team USA uh, coming through. And um, Coach Pierce revealed to us yesterday that uh, Lucas was a big part of, or Tanner was a big part of Lucas Gordon coming to Texas. That uh, Lucas is from California, and uh, they were such good friends. And Tanner Witt's from Houston that when when Tanner committed to the Longhorns. He helped acquire, helped recruit uh, Lucas Gordon, and the Longhorns are thankful that he did uh, because he's become their ace of their staff, and he'll pitch today for the Longhorns at 12-15. And let me say a thanks, Buck. Uh, we would call it a buck on uh, to the Austin Gamblers. And by the way, starting in the month of June, the Austin Gamblers will be our presenting sponsor of Buck Off Thursday, rightfully so. But uh, I was invited out to the event last night at Alamo Drafthouse on South Lamar. Uh, they, they showed a, a premiere of the eight-episode docu-series, The Ride. And we got to uh, enjoy, got to meet some of the some of the bull riders from the from uh, the team, the Austin Gamblers, and J.J. Gotch, our great friend, was there. The coach, Michael Gaffney, which was, was, was a really nice guy. And so then they showed us one episode. We got to go in and see the third episode of the eight-part series, which really, they chose that one because it was when Austin hosted. We remember we did our show down there. Yes. And Austin hosted the three nights of, uh, you know, the bull riding. Uh, so it was a really cool episode. And, uh, you know, much like we've seen in F1 with you know Drive to Survive and uh, the full swing from from PGA Tour and golf, uh, this is very similar to that. It's put on by a group called Kinetic Content, and it's behind the scenes of the first season of the the the, the, the you know bull riding league, and it's really cool. I mean, the first, the episode we saw, you can tell, is already two episodes in, so they're picking up where they left off in the previous two. I can't wait to watch it because you learn about these bull riders, where they're from, who they are, you know, the risks they take, their families. Uh, really cool, and uh, th- that episode took you behind the scenes of a, of a local writer who's from Rockwall, Texas, who uh, African American guy Buck, who was just what a great, uh, what a rock star he's going to be in that sport. Uh, Jose Vitor Lima uh, Leme, of course, is the number one bull rider in the, the world. world. Yeah, he's essentially the Michael Jordan of bull riding, and he's on this team, and um, going to get to know him. And I got to meet him last night, 
Little old guy, Buck, but man, he's the. How about, how about if you can say boldly you're the best at what you do in the world at your particular craft or sport? That's pretty awesome. And that's the dude. Like everyone knows it. That's, that's the dude. Little dude is the dude. Is the dude. So thanks to the gamblers and appreciate their partnership on this and looking forward to that event. That, by the way, will debut uh, coming up here uh, May 30th on Prime Video. Prime Video. Most of us have Amazon Prime or Prime Video mm-hmm. at this point. The Ride 8-episode docuseries. You're going to like it, I promise you. It's one of those that you watch the first episode, you get hooked. Nice. And, and then you want to see it and see how it goes and how it turns out. And Those, those, those docuseries are so Well, it did cool. wonder for, wonders for Formula One. Oh, that's still arguably the greatest marketing. You know what the interesting thing about the drive to survive from the F1 side? Um, Netflix paid them to do it because they wanted the access. And it became for and what it did for F1, it exploded the sport on a global level. Yep. I mean, forever while Bernie Ecclestone was running F1, you know, he didn't believe in trying to recruit America. He didn't think it was a big deal uh, to get the U.S. audience. He was just, you know, Euro, it was Europe, Euro, European yep. sport, Asian sport, and they were doing just fine. Well, he sold it, and it was you know acquired by uh, gosh whatever the group was, and they put this together to do this drive to survive. And, man, it, it exploded the sport. People got to get behind the scenes, learn about the drivers, learn the intricacies of you know the team dynamic and uh, what goes into it, the soap operas that were happening between drivers on the same teams. And, uh, man, uh, you, you see, you can't, but you, I mean, the tickets, 150,000 people out at Coda for F1. And there were times where it seemed like it was lagging in the United States. Now there are three races in the United States, Buck. Yes. With Miami and Vegas. Miami and this one here, too. And Mexico City. I mean, it has taken off. And this is the destination for all of them. Yeah. And everybody would tell you that that, that Netflix series, which is ongoing now, they continue to do it, was a driving force of people learning about it and picking up the interest. And uh, that's obviously why the, you know, the full swing has been done. And now all the sports are kind of copying it. But the first episode that I saw of the, the bull riding was really good. It's very similar. It's just you you get to learn who these guys are, the risks that they take, their you know, how difficult bull riding is. Pretty good. Pretty cool. Looking forward to watching all eight episodes of uh, The Ride, which is coming up. And thanks to JJ and the team at the Austin Gamblers. That was a lot of fun. Good place to hang out is all Alamo Draft House. You know what I saw there? Uh in addition to the Bull Riders and JJ and our guys Mike Harge and Rod Babers who were doing their show live. Ann Hudson. Our friend Ann Hudson. Ann? Ann Hudson. She said to say hi to you. How is Ann doing? The great Ann Hudson, who we when you and I were doing our show as young radio people back. She was very young then. Well, she came in, and she had just graduated from Texas Tech. And cheerleader. She, turns out she was a cheerleader at Texas Tech. Yep. And uh, you remember, we had a conversation about this last night, that you you want to bet with her, and she wore her cheerleading Texas outfit. Tech cheerleader outfits to a Hooters event that we had. Yes. You know how fired we would be if we tried that today? Why? Get a, a female employee. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Why? Yes. She was a cheerleader. Yes, she was. It'd be like me putting my helmet on and my football outfit. She was a cheerleader. That's what she did. Oh man! And she wore that cheerleading outfit well. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, yeah. She and she she lived up to it. And yep. She's always been a trooper. Uh, and also reminded me that she was the person that re- told us about it, about nine uh, eleven. Remember when nine yes. eleven happened that terrible morning? And uh, she peeked her head into our studio. That was, was the old, old studio. Yeah, she was doing traffic for Bob, Sammy and Bob and us yep. and all the stations. And, yeah, she peeked her head in and said, hey, man, want to check out the news. Plane just hit the World Trade Center. And we were watching Sports Center or something on our that one was, TV I was trying to bring time. a homeless person to work. Yeah, that was a different stuff. day. That was a different day. But a surreal day for us, September the 11th of 2001. Ty, they didn't show up. The homeless person didn't show I've up. I've heard that one. What's the deal? They're not reliable. 
You're going to have reliable. Transportation can be a problem. That's why they're building the new light rails. <laughs> and then they're building the new track, 38th down south. Hey, this says uh, the F1 ticket prices in Vegas are ridiculous. That is true. If you're trying I to go bet. to that Vegas race, come on now. i got to believe the Miami one, too, is ridiculous. Vegas is even worse. They're, wow. they're going to they're gonna race right down the strip, Buck. It's a downtown race. They don't have a track. They're going to race through the streets of Vegas, which is pretty cool. Be careful. Elvis don't walk out in front of you there. It says, who is the Jordan of bull riding? Uh, Jose Vitor Leme out of Brazil. He is the greatest bull rider, not just of Fantastic the current time, soccer player. but of all time. Yeah, yeah, great athlete. I mean, he's one of those guys that could do a lot of different sports. Liberty Media Group, our buddy Rodney Rodriguez from Revved Up ATX tells that Liberty Media Group bought uh, F1, uh, which is good. Uh, this says Gordon wasn't even in the weekend rotation last year. Yes, he was. Uh, Lucas Gordon became the Sunday starter. Lucas Gordon was a savior for Texas last year when Tanner Witt got mm-hmm. hurt. They didn't really have a third starter. I mean, the reason the Longhorns started the season number one in the country is they everybody knew they had Ivan Melendez and Murph Staley in this great offense. But they also had, you know, Pete Hansen, uh, you know, on the mound. You had Tristan Stevens, who was coming back after an all-conference year the year before. And you had Tanner Witt. Your, your your three starters were, you know, all could be Friday starters coming into last year. And remember, Tanner got hurt, and then Tristan Stevens just didn't have as good a year in his final year at Texas as he had the previous year. And Lucas Gordon, the Longhorns don't get to Omaha last year without Lucas Gordon stepping up and pitching as well as he did. And now, you know, this year he, you know, took over on Friday nights for Pete Hansen and just has been dynamic and LBJ. And now you have Tanner Whitback. And as we talk about how big of a hit it was last year to the Longhorn baseball, you know, ceiling, could Tanner Witt stretching out? I mean, if you get this guy to 80, 85 pitches and all of a sudden he can pitch five, six innings, this becomes a real factor for them, Buck. And you're starting to see the last two starts, the old Tanner Witt, um, you know, that that velocity fastball, the intensity on the mound, the leverage on his breaking stuff, uh, really becoming a factor. He pitched three innings of shutout ball in the clinching game over West Virginia. And it's just, a, as Coach Pierce said to us yesterday, it's just a different feel. When he climbs the hill, there's an intimidation factor. It's like when Justin Verlander it reminds you when, when Verlander pitched for the Astros, right? Or Roger Clemens. They just there's an intensity they take to the mound that's palpable, and the whole team knows it. The opposing team knows it, and um, you know he's a big guy, six five. He gets up on that mound and uh, uh, doesn't mind coming inside on you. Tanner Witt could be a, a big factor, which just elevates the ceiling that this Texas baseball team has. Big picture, uh, and you know they, they're hoping to go up and do some damage in Arlington and, and host a regional. Next weekend, um, here in Austin, which would be, you know, coming out of Memorial Day weekend, the following weekend would be the first round regionals. Texas hoping to host, and if they can do that, Buck, there as we said earlier, you could see the Aggies coming to town. If the Aggies can get in, that's where they we beat want. Tennessee last night. Yeah, big win over a top ten Tennessee team. Uh, wouldn't it be great to have the Aggies here? It would be great for that in Texas State. I mean, just Texas to, State has a lot of work to do. Yeah, they have to win their conference, correct? Yeah, but right now it's looking like if Texas were to host, you could have Dallas Baptist and A and M, and then a fourth. Mm-hmm. Coming in now, A and M could be the four seed at this point. They're trying to make. And uh, our friend Ty Harrington told us yesterday that Texas State would likely have to win the Sun Belt tournament to make it in at this point. They have not, you know, put enough on the board. There are there's not, there's not automatic bids, right? If you win the conference, you win the conference really. tournament. That's okay. how. Yeah, that would be the automatic bid. If you win your conference tournament, you're automatically in. Which um, you know, just like in basketball. But, yes, outside of that, there is no automatic bid. All right, we come back. Well, that is the automatic bid is to win your tournament. We right. come back. Ty will lead us through the hot or not topics on this uh, rainy Wednesday morning. Glad you're with us. Uh, Ty's got some stuff we've missed halfway through this Wednesday edition. What's hot? Oh, yeah. And what's not? 
What's Hot, What's Not is brought to you by Texas Orthopedics, the largest independent orthopedic practice in Central Texas. Visit us at TXOrtho.com to learn more and to schedule an appointment. Hot Not with Chiwa here coming up and uh, hot last night, the Boston Celtics. Not were the Stars. Not were the, the Dallas, Dallas stars. stars and their captain, Jamie Ben. They're the not making any that? 3-0 comeback either. Too what much you, offense what in Vegas. What's your captain doing in a one nothing game already down two games to none? Jacking up, guys. cross-check for a guy laying on the ground. Puts his stick across his face. He gets a five-minute major. It's ridiculous. That's just your captain can't do. No, nobody on your team can do that. But you're no. certainly not your captain uh, in that the series now. And that's still a winnable series, by the way. In one nothing on your home ice down, and you're Did they get rowdy there too last night. Were they throwing stuff? The fans were mad. It was out of control. Uh, they mad at just the fact that they're losing. Three... Go ahead, Ty. Were they pissed that that was a major? Just yeah, I mean, Pitts overall upset about the way the series is going, the way the game was going. Jamie Bidens' decision to to do what he did, I think it was just. It's well, a, they had to be pissed at him too. They they understand. We just gotta you gotta win every game now. Gotta go one and zero every well, game. And that's why last night was so disappointing because the first two losses on the road in Vegas were overtime games. I mean, yeah. like you're getting blown out of the series, and uh, that, and you kind of gave that game away last night, and your captain was the the main person. Uh, give, doing the giving. Also, last night we mentioned the Celtics got hot. They were down nine in the third quarter, erupt, and they, you know, do they change the face of the series or just stay alive for one more game? Will become the question. Uh, Celtics playing their best no, basketball last night made Jimmy Butler mad. Well, they'll go back to Boston, and uh, of course the Heat have already won twice on that floor, so they're not like they're intimidated by that. Also, on the hot side, if you have the worst bullpen in baseball here in the month of May, the Texas Rangers do. What do you do? You just throw complete games. Nathan Avaldi has become. Just a stud for the Rangers. What a signing uh, for them in the offseason from the Red Sox. I mean, he has just been – Jacob DeGrom gets the big contract and all the headlines, but he's been down. Nivaldi has been rock solid. He's going to be an all-star if he stays on this pace for sure, anchoring that Texas staff. Uh, and this says, Jose Altuve looks like he could be a good little bull rider. <laughs> you know, when you when I met Jose Vitor Lemmy last night, that's what he looks like. He kind of looks like a, a Jose Altuve. Uh, not real tall, but, man, what a talent. He is. By the way, for Astro fans, Jose Altuve left the game last night. He was feeling sick. He's feeling sick in Milwaukee, so he'll be evaluated more today. Um, this says the, bull, the Jordan of bull riding is bodacious the bull. Well, that's true, too. The bulls are just bull. as big a part yeah. of bull riding as the riders. The bulls are – that's a big money on, endeavor. Oh, yeah, it certainly is. It's kind of like horse racing, Buck. If you can uh, breed a, a world champion bull, those things are valuable. Those yeah, it's are, more than just flinging snot. <laughs> More than just flinging snot. Love that. Good job right there. All right, Hot Knot, Ty, what do you have for us on this? Did you, By the way, did you see they're about to crack down on Netflix password sharing, Ty? Yeah, I've seen that, but I haven't encountered that issue yet. Well, I have been using my mom's Netflix account. Well, you'll be careful now, years. everybody that's out there sharing Netflix passwords. Because remember, Netflix by in 2017 had a marketing campaign that was true love is sharing your password. They wanted to grow the viewership as much as they could. But now they're trying to cut it back because their revenues are falling. Um, but Netflix, they sent out a memo yesterday, or at least an email to people. Brace yourself, it's coming. And the premium subscribers can now add up to two out-of-household users for $7.99 each, but they're going to start cracking down on the Netflix and chill password sharing. Be ready. Ours always gets hacked. Just called on the juice. He'll get it done for you. Who? OJ. He knows how to do all those things. OJ Simpson? Yes. OJ Simpson. No. <laughs> Not calling him. No, you're not going to trust him. I'm calling OJ. No? Oge. 
Ouch. <laughs> Not happening. What do you have for us, T.Y.? Uh, well, I told you all about it earlier, but my mouth hasn't stopped wa- uh, watering since last night. had a hot honey pepperoni pizza. Hot honey. From Electric Shuffle on Rainy Street. Apparently, your your girlfriend has moved downtown to Rainy Street. Yeah. I'm yeah. Down, not sure why, <laughs> but that's beyond the point. Hot honey pizza, very good. Wanted to make sure everyone knew about that. Electric Shuffle is the name of the place? Yeah, it's a shuffleboard place. Uh, on Rainy oh. Street. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Hot so honey. So it's the so the, the toppings were cheese and hot honey or no cheese or what's cheese, on it? Cheese, pepperoni. It was it was one of those rectangular bar pizzas kind of. Like it, a flatbread nice, kind of thing? No, not necessarily. It had a nice undercarriage, nice charred bottom to it. Ooh, but yeah. But just the hot honey, you know, like, oh, my God. But other than that. And now you're really hungry this morning. Yes, I'm. I'm not kidding. My mouth has been watering wow. all morning. Thinking Are you going to go get it? Well, there's no pizza. more leftover. Believe me, because no, he doesn't do leftovers. There's I, nothing left for leftovers. Yeah, that is correct. And no, I'm not going to go get it because I don't want to drive down to Rainy Street and pay for parking and and deal with that. But whenever I am there at my girlfriend's place, come find me at Electric Shuffle for a hot honey pepper. So that's where you're. Whenever you and you told us to to stay at your girlfriend's new place, you got to pay twenty five bucks overnight parking. It's expensive. <laughs> that's gonna be. That's the challenge. You don't have like. She's got a spot, I'm sure. Yeah. You don't. No, and she's like, oh, you can just park in the residential parking. I'm like, nope. That's I've I've gotten towed here before. They're, they they're don't wa- play around. Down they're waiting there, do for they? me to think I'm safe. No, yeah, exactly. Oh. Uh, but in other news, Aaron Rodgers admitted that he is a super fan of the Jersey Shore. The show? Yes. So really? I have, so I wanted to pose the question, what is your what is your number one reality TV show of all time? Mine's probably Jersey Shore. I've never seen an episode of Jersey what? Shore. What? No, neither no. have I. Not a single episode. I've never, never seen it, no. No. Holly D, Mike, no, the Situation, Snooki. No. I've heard of those J-Wow. people. I've heard of all those names. Hey, it's still going, by the way. Really? It is? Oh, yeah. Uh, they Jersey do summertime Shore family vacation. Fam- yeah, the families get well, together, it's, right? It's kind of like a Kardashians deal now because, you know, they're not... They're not as crazy doing stupid stuff anymore, and they all have families and kids, but they they have some more money and a little bit more of a head on their shoulders, but it's, it's still an interesting watch. Life is a drama. I don't need theirs. My girlfriend's obsessed with it. Really? It started in 09, so I would have, I'm too old for that. And I, you know, I was a teenager when MTV started. I was growing up, so I was a part of the MTV generation. When music became more music videos, but mm-hmm. yeah, I stopped watching MTV. Didn't watch Real World. No. Yeah, no. Now he's when into, Kevin Dunn was on it, I did. Now he's in the WWE. When Kevin Dunn was on it, I absolutely did. No, I don't watch WWE. Huh? Isn't the Miz on on there with yeah. Kevin? Yeah. Well, when Kevin Dunn, I think our, our good buddy Kevin Dunn was a part yeah. of season ten, and we had already known Kevin before that. So yeah, I watched that. I saw it. That was it. Not. Re- I know. I really. I mean, after the eighties, I didn't think I watched MTV. I used to watch late night Yo MTV rocks. There you go. I liked Cribs. Crib. Oh yeah, Cribs was good. Cribs used to be good back in the day. All right, we'll be back. Hot or not on those topics. Plus, uh, very somber day for a couple of reasons. This May the twenty fourth. Uh, uh, we'll pay some RIPs coming up. It's beating on the horn.